a seat. You can have a seat if you have one. If not, feel free to stand. Or I know we've got people out in our lobby tonight as well. And we want to thank you for coming out this evening. My name is Paul. I'm the lead pastor here at Genesis. And, uh, you know, when we, well, thank you. When we started planning this night a few months ago, we had this vision of this great park and kids running around and a nice warm summer evening. Our biggest fear was one of those summer uh, afternoon thunderstorms, not a tropical storm. That was, that was not on our radar, but uh, hey, it works out. It's going to be a fun night, and we knew we were going to need enough space, uh, and so that's why we're doing this again at 6.30. You're welcome to stick around if you'd like to see some of the baptisms in that service. But hey, as we talk about 15 years tonight, I don't know if you know our story uh, or not. You know, just briefly, as I was thinking about it this past week, I've had the privilege uh, of being a part of uh, two-thirds of it, but you know, Genesis started out with a small group of people uh, meeting in an apartment complex, actually all the way back in 2002. And uh, man, some of the work that they were doing, God was doing in them, really picked up momentum when they began meeting in a classroom uh, at Grace Church in the spring of 2003. And then uh, Genesis really took on an identity of its own when it began meeting at a banquet center a few months later in the fall of 2003, right here in Noblesville. Uh, there was a couple of years of gathering at an elementary school in Westfield before finally landing at this facility in the fall of 2007, which multiplied to a second location in Carmel six years ago. It's just amazing when you think about it that what started out as a small group of people meeting in an apartment complex 15 years ago has grown to over 1,000 people today. Can you believe it? Can we just give the Lord a shout of praise tonight? Our God is a faithful God, or as my buddy Tom likes to say, he just loves showing off and uh, does a great job of that. But I thought, hey, just for fun, uh, how many of you uh, were a part of Genesis, or how many of you came to Genesis year one, whether it was the apartment complex or Grace Church or maybe even the arbitorium? Would you stand up for just a moment? If you came year one, I want you to just look around the room for a moment and just see some of our families here tonight. Can we just celebrate and thank them for their faithfulness too? Thank you, and uh, thanks to all of you, uh, those of you that called Genesis your family, uh, for those that have come out tonight, maybe to celebrate those that are getting baptized here in just a few minutes, but uh, thank you. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks for your faithfulness. Thank you for your generosity over the years, and thank you on behalf of every person who has trusted Christ and been baptized at Genesis these past 15 years. Uh, thank you on behalf of the schools in our community that have been blessed by your gifts, uh, or the ministries that we've partnered with and given to all around the world that are sharing the good news of Jesus because of your generosity. Uh, thanks on behalf of the new churches that have been started right here in Indiana and places like Cincinnati and as far away as Albania. And thank you on behalf of the hundreds of kids and students whose lives have been forever marked by the love of Jesus Christ. Genesis, you've been helping people find their way back to God for 15 years now, and we wouldn't be where we are without you today. Uh, we wouldn't be with that where we are right now without every uh, single one of you, and uh, we wouldn't be where we are without a great staff team. Don't you love this staff here at Genesis Church? We join me in appreciating them. We love serving you. We love being a part of this church family uh, with you. Most importantly, again, we wouldn't be where we are without our great God. 
uh, that we were just singing about just a moment ago. And we've got 15 years behind us. We've got a great history of God's faithfulness and love, his provision, his taking care of us during some, some ups and downs of life, some different seasons. There are certainly seasons of life and ministry. We are so thankful for our God. But here's what I've been thinking about these past few weeks, that if this would define where we are right now and the 15 years that it took to get where we are tonight, I wonder what the next 15 years might look like. Like, what is it that God wants to do in each of us and through our church over these next 15 years to help even more people find their way back to God? And so I've been thinking about these things, and we've got leaders and others from our church that have been praying and dreaming about these kinds of things, dreaming and praying about a church of disciple makers. You hear us talk about it all the time. I mean, there's just this belief, this desire that every single one of us was intended to be a disciple maker. That as we come to Christ and grow in Christ, that we have, you and I, we have the responsibility of helping others come to Christ and grow in Christ as well. And you can do that in whatever uh, environment, whatever aspect of life the Lord has called you to. And so we want to be a church of disciple makers. We want to be a church that values partnerships, where we, one where we come alongside of other ministries locally and around the world, those other ministries that are also helping people find their way back to God. We, we want to be a church that gets really excited about starting new churches uh, right here locally and around the state and around the world. And, and I want, we want Genesis to be known as a church of incredible generosity, uh, a church because we serve a Genesis God, or because we serve a generous God. All right, we want to be a generous church. We want to be generous people to the Lord uh, and for the Lord and to the people that He's called us to. And so, if that's a glimpse of our future, all right, if that's just a peek of what God wants to do in each of us, the question becomes then: How do we get from here to there? Like, how do we move from where we are right now and what God has done in us up to this point? Like, how do we get these next fifteen years, this next chapter? How do we really fulfill the work that God has called us to together? I want to spend a few minutes with you tonight. In fact, because it's a 15-year celebration, I planned 15 years total with my time here on the stage, so I'm going to make it quick. But uh, we've been looking at some verses uh, uh, from the Bible, uh, for, uh, one in particular really as it has to do with our mission. I want to look at them with you for just a moment. They really capture the heart of who we are and have everything to do with where we want to go from here as a church. They come right out of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. We'll have the words here on the screen uh, starting in verse 13. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we're in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone. So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, but instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised from the dead. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us, listen to this, God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. And we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. What do these words mean for us in the days and the years ahead? Well, first of all, I think they just simply mean this. They're our motivation. 
All right, these words provide a motivation for us in, in our living and how we live and why we exist. Look at, the, look at verse 14 again. Paul says this. He says, you know what? Either way, Christ's love controls us. And what does it mean to be controlled by the love of Christ? Well, I just think it simply means that Jesus is everything to you. He's everything of who you are. He influences everything you do in this world. Hey, he influences everything that you do as a student, how you function as a student or, a, or as an athlete or as a musician. Uh, Jesus impacts. When he gets a hold of your life, what happens is he impacts uh, what you major in. He, he impacts. He, has, he influences what you do with your life and where you choose to serve in this world. He influences you as a parent and, and in your marriage. When Jesus gets a hold of your life, he influences what you choose to do in retirement. See, when the love of Jesus gets a hold of your life, you can't help but let that impact the way you love and you treat others. And all of life really just becomes an opportunity to serve. And you don't give because God needs it or anything, but we give. You give generously because in our giving, what we're doing is we're declaring what's most important to us in this world. And so our motivation moving ahead is the love of Jesus. It's the work that he's doing in each of us. And when that love takes root in your life, it well, what happens is it starts bearing fruit, and others see it and experience it and are touched by it as well. And so his love controls us. And so his words are a motivation, but these same words, they're also an example for us. Uh, we want to find in them and model an example. They cause us to ask, like, to what extent, really, am I, am I willing to serve the Lord in this world? Like, here, here's the example we're called to model our lives after. Look at them for yourselves. Verse 15, Paul writes, he, Jesus, all right? died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, but instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And so the good news for each of us is that Jesus, he took on our sin. He took on my sin and he took on your sin and he died for that sin once and for all. And and the glorious truth of all that is that we have forgiveness in him. We are, we are promised new life through Jesus Christ. He laid down his life so that you and I, we could have life, so that we could live our lives, but, but more importantly, so that we could lay our lives down for him. And so for that reason, we're called to do the same. Uh, we're called to surrender uh, our life every day and every moment of our lives to Jesus Christ because that's what he did for us. Right? That's what he modeled for us. That's the life then he has called us to, this life of laying down our lives for others. And so... Again, let's just see that these words are our motivation. They're an example for us, but they're also, well, this is where we get our mission. And this is where we take our mission as a church, this mission of helping people find their way back to God. And I want to point out tonight that it's not just the mission of our church, right? Because it would be one thing to just uh, print it on some signs or uh, print it on a website or, you know, we can all celebrate and say, yeah, you know what, that, that's our mission as a church. We, we love it. But here's the thing, and I know this is true, that many of you have made this your life's mission. And for the rest of you, I'm asking, would you, would you be willing to make this your life mission as well? This mission of helping people find their way back to God. Listen again, verse 18. Paul says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. And if you would, maybe just make it very personal tonight. And God has given me this task. Like if you're in Christ Jesus, if you've trusted him with your life, if you've, if you've experienced his forgiveness, he has trusted you with this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. 
God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. You know, I have a son who's driving. And when we first came to Genesis, he was five years old, all right? And he's driving now. He got his permit this summer. And I must say that Joel's doing a great job, by the way, driving. Uh, but I will say this. It, uh, yeah, we, we've got some applause here. Uh, but I will say this. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a testing time. If, you, if you've done this before, parents, if you've been through this, like, I'm learning a whole new level of trust, especially when I'm sitting next to my son who's driving 70 mile per hour down the interstate, right? I mean, you just learn to trust in a whole new way. I'm learning to trust him with this responsibility. Do you know what? God is trusting you and me with an amazing responsibility. And the task is helping people find their way back to God. And so that means for each of us, whether you're a student here tonight, uh, maybe you're a teacher. Uh, maybe you serve as an administrator. Maybe you're a coach. You coach a kid's team. Maybe you uh, run your own company or work for someone else. Maybe you're a stay-at-home parent or you're retired. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do for a living. If you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ with your life, he has trusted you and I with the responsibility of helping people find their way back to God. You see, we are the church. Like the church isn't just some place, it's not just some building that people go to and attend, but the church is people. It's people uh, who have centered their lives around Jesus. It's people who are trusting Christ and living for him and, and sharing Christ's love every day of their lives for the sake of someone else that might come to know Christ and be baptized into him and be a part of his family and join us in that same work so that others may know too. I'll close with this. You know, Tuesday marks 17 years since the events of 9-11. I was reminded of that today, and it reminded me of a book that I read last year, a book called The Day the World Came to Town. And if you've never heard of this book or know this story, it's the story of 9-11 in the next few days through the lives of the residents of Gander, Newfoundland. And if you have no idea where Newfoundland is, maybe you know where Maine is. Go northeast from there. It's a province of Canada. You'll arrive in Gander, Newfoundland. But here's the thing. Gander's a town of 10,300 people. And uh, they welcomed 7,000 visitors on September 11, 2001. And here's why. You might remember on that day that the U.S. government was forced to shut down the U.S. airspace uh, for the sake of national security. Well, where else are 38 jetliners that are currently crossing the Atlantic Ocean supposed to land? Well, on September 11, 2001, 38 of them were forced to land in a small town of Gander, Newfoundland. And the story, if you read the book, uh, if you read the stories, the stories really are incredible. 7,000 people eventually exited their aircraft, exhausted, hungry, distraught, and were immediately welcomed by the people of Gander with compassion and with concern and with warm meals. Get this, local bus drivers who had been on strike in the community came off of the picket lines to transport the passengers to various shelters set up in local schools and churches. Uh, linens and toiletries were bought and donated. A middle school provided showers as well as access to computers, email, and televisions, allowing the passengers to stay in touch with family members all around the world. And when shelters filled up, people opened their homes to strangers and treated them as families. So you see, the day the world came to town is the inspiring story of the residents of Gander, Newfoundland, 
whose acts of kindness forever touched the lives of thousands of people during those four to five days following 9-11. And the question is asked, why did the people of Gander respond this way? It's who they were. It was a matter uh, of, of pride for them, really. They were Newfoundlanders. And the Newfoundlanders prided themselves in hospitality and compassion and love. It's what they're known for. Helping people find their way back to God is what Genesis Church is known for. It's who we are. It's what we're called to, every single one of us. And if you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ with your life, and if you call Genesis your church, helping people find their way back to God is part of your life and your legacy and destiny too. And if we're going to fulfill that mission, it's going to take every single one of us. It's been a great 15 years. It's fun to see what the Lord has done in us and through us and to be at this place together with you tonight. And man, can we even imagine what the Lord wants to do in us and through us over these next 15 years? Would you be willing to be a part of that journey? Would you be willing to open up your life to say, Jesus, I trust you. You can have every part of me. Here's the bottom line. Here's what I think it's going to require of each of us. It's going to require every person learning to walk with Jesus each and every day. And that's what we're going to talk about at both of our campuses starting next Sunday. It's walking with Jesus, every one of us, every single day for the sake of God and what he's accomplished for us in Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We are so grateful for your work in our lives and through this church these past 15 years. It's nothing without you. And I thank you for all those that have come tonight, every person of every age. We thank you, Lord, for the children in this room as well right now, that we can really be together here tonight as one big family. And God, we thank you. We are looking forward to these next years and what you have ahead. We are trusting you, Lord, with every part of our lives and what you want to do in each of us. And I pray tonight that maybe our small commitment, really a big commitment for every person here tonight would just simply be to say, yes, Jesus. I'll do it for you because you gave your life for me. I'll give my life for you and for others. We thank you. We thank you for your love, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You ready to celebrate some baptisms?